Ahsoka. I really like this show. I really like this show. Do you know what's funny? The entire episode, this is maybe a little bit of a spoiler, but this entire episode, the only thing that kept playing over in my head, because a big part of this episode, oh, wait, hello and welcome to the Movie Man Podcast. We are the B team. My name's Brady. And I am Carl. And uh, we're here reviewing and talking about Season 1, Episode 3 of Ahsoka, Time to Fly. Time to fly. So back to what I was saying. <clears throat> a lot of this Holy episode. crap. Sorry. What? I just had a little conniption. Hu Yang is voiced by David Tennant. It's David Tennant. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, really? Did he voice him through the all the C, uh, TV oh, I shows too? I, I doubt it. That's insane. I doubt it. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, maybe though, David. Sorry. I mean, it, I just, it's, it's just a voice, so I, I see no reason he couldn't have. I'm just bringing um, up, I just bring up Ahsoka and IMDB to kind of have the list of Doctor. characters and actors' names in front of me, and I just blew my mind a, minute, a bit there. <laughs> uh, do, 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 how to train your dragon. Uh, it doesn't look like it. That's so no. cool that he's voicing him now. Yeah, oh, man. man. The doctor. El doctor. Um, a, a big a big portion of this episode is about Sabine trying to figure out how to move a cup. Sabine training to be a Jedi, but not being able to be a Jedi. As and the Hu Yang says whole in the episode. last episode, you are the worst possible candidate for a Jedi yeah. in the history the whole, of the Jedi. <laughs> whole episode. Every time she's like, she's got the blast helmet on and she's trying to use the force to like anticipate Ahsoka's location and she's trying to move the cop. She's trying to do all this stuff, right? And, and every time she struggles and fails and can't do it, in my head, all I can hear is, she's too old to begin the training. <laughs> every time every time oh, i was like she's too old right like yes yes anyone and ahsoka kind of concedes like there's talent there is talent involved in this yes yeah. some of some, in everybody but, but there's some people there are more is, yeah tuned into it than you know so, some people have more of them making it easier to <laughs> yes connect all right the force so let's kick off let's kick off our review so we start out just basically like that they are on the ship and hu yang is trying to train sabine in some combat techniques and um and sabine's yeah you know, she can fight. She can fight. She's a, and it's yeah. she's Mandalorian. It's so she's allu- got yes. that. Yeah. It's alluded to the fact that it's because she's Mandalorian, that she's got that f- Mandalorian fighting skill. Um, but Ahsoka comes in and kind of kind of alludes or, or kind of suggests that that the Mandalorian way of fighting is not going to be good enough and it's too it's not basically she's saying it's not zen enough it's not 
it's because it's so aggressive and so off offensive in its nature it's potentially i think what she's hinting at here is that it's potentially clumsy in in comparison to using the force and fighting like a true jedi and using yeah. jedi techniques well the the, the the and like using the whole blast shield over the face thing similar to what happened with luke and obi-wan in the first film I think she's using it a little differently than Luke and trying to teach her. Yeah. Something like, like what you're saying, like you need to, to feel when you're fighting instead of just acting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Similar to the, I just rewatched um, Shang-Chi, right? When Shang-Chi's aunt is like, okay, like loosen your stance here, open your fist and, and treat this more like a dance than a series of actions that you're you're just simply performing. Um, yeah. So Ahsoka says, Ahsoka says, let's uh, let's try the something something method. And uh, what is it? The um, what's it called here? She wants to do. The Zoriac? Zoriac technique? And Hu Yang says, now I don't think that Lady Ren is ready for that type of technique. Like basically, basically Hu Yang's been putting training wheels on her, right? Like he's mm -hmm. he's just he's just kind of easing into things with Sabine. And Ahsoka's like, uh no no. Let's let's step things up a little bit here and, and try things a little bit differently. And Hu Yang's like, nah, I don't think that's a good idea. And Ahsoka's like, basically just dismisses Hu Yang. She's like, okay, thank you. <laughs> like, goodbye. And Sabine, who is obviously a little bit frustrated, is like, yes, thank you, Hu Yang. <laughs> like, also just kind of like snobby, get the hell out of here thing. So Sabine puts the blast helmet on and she starts swinging her sword around and there's definitely there's a hint that she's kind of doing it. Right? There's 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 moments yeah, there's where moments she's where she clearly connects. feeling it. Um but then ultimately is not she doesn't have enough discipline. Right? So she's She's breaking free from that concentration and just starts like swinging again. Yeah. And then loses it. Yeah. Um, and then gets her ass kicked. She falls on the floor. She gets tripped up. Also, I'm doubling down on this. I just, I, man, I don't like her hair anymore. Like she Sabine? just, yeah, it's the haircut. I get why she did it. She did it because the Mandalorian helmet, but it, has significantly aged her face. Yeah. Like she looks I, she, a lot older now than what I think she's supposed to look like timeline wise. We haven't got, um, we haven't gotten a lot of time passed since she cut it off, but like no. in the rebels, she's got short hair and it's purple, but then she's got like kind of frosted tips. Like, right. Um, uh, like oh that's not who i'm looking for <laughs> that's some k-pop singer 
<laughs> Careful. You gotta, you uh, gotta yeah. be. So, yeah, in the Clone Wars, she at one point, she's got, like, white hair with purple frosty tips. At another point, she's got purple hair with, like, yellowy tips. Right? Like, the yellowy tips kind of add a little bit of um, youth back to the character, I think. Like, having you get it colored. You got to be careful when searching Star Wars stuff. And I'll tell you a fun little story here. I was like 12, 12 or 13, probably 12. <laughs> and um, okay. it was back, back during like dial up days, right? right? Like the, the internet, this is like 2003, maybe. And so the internet is there, it exists, but it's certainly not the conglomerate of information and wikis and whatever else that it is today. And I was at the computer looking up Star Wars things. I was like 12 okay. and I love Star Wars. Maybe 11. I love Star Wars. And so I'm, and this is right around the time too, like we're, we're right smack dab in the middle of the prequel trilogy. Okay. And so I'm looking up stuff from the prequel tr- trilogy. And I'm looking up different Star Wars planets. And I searched Naboo because I wanted to learn more about Naboo. Okay. And Google, I guess at that point, there wasn't a lot on the internet about Naboo and and that kind of like geeky, like I said, there would have been no like Wookiepedia and stuff like that, right? And Google was like, oh, he must mean taboo. And so that it searched taboo instead. And literally the only results that came up the second the, like all the image results and stuff is just like I guess whatever Google had defined as taboo porn or like taboo <laughs> sex acts. So there I am, like eleven or twelve years old, innocently searching for Star Wars, and I think that that may have been like my first internet porn exposure, where I'm like, "What is this stuff? That's not Star Wars. <laughs> what is this stuff on the internet?" <laughs> Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, so be careful just typing yeah. in random Star Wars things. <laughs> It'll lead you down a road of, of corruption that you don't want to be on. Yeah, um, the internet be like that sometimes, don't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then we have the title card, and we cut to uh, the inside of a ship where Hera is having a conversation with another officer and an obligatory Mon Calamari. Um because there's got to be one has has yep. to have one show up. And so there what is and I and I'm probably going to screw this up and Star Wars fans everywhere are going to get really really mad at me. Hera's species is t- Twi'lek, right? Yeah. That's what she is? Yes. Okay. Twi'lek perfect. or Twi'lek. Okay. All right. So then uh, basically she's telling these people like, you know, we got to go meet with this, got to go meet with the council because I want to, or the Senate, whatever to the new Republic's yeah. government, because crap's going down, crap's going down and we got to go through the proper channels. I want to go on this mission. We got to go through the proper channels. I got to get their approval to dispense these resources and stuff like that. So she goes and she meets and we have the, the a bunch of humans on this the senate except for the one alien that's got like the three kind of creepy eyes i don't know the name of that species do you uh not off the top of my head i'm sure yeah. once we've, I we've seen them show up a lot yeah once i google it and find out i'd be like oh yeah of course that's 
And the new Supreme Chancellor <clears throat> of the New Republic, Chancellor Mothma. Mm-hmm. Which is fun. It's just fun to see her show up. Like, you know, and it makes sense, yeah. like, at this period in time. And it's 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 been refreshing to see this stuff because, you know, she played such a, not a big role in terms of screen time but a big role in terms of her position in the original trilogy right at that point she's like the head of the rebellion and so it makes sense that she is now the head of the republic right that mm-hmm. that she just transitioned from one role of leadership to to the other people are like well i mean You've been leading us up until this point, so it kind of makes sense to put you in in the big chair. Um, little FYI, Mothma, I don't know if you know much about the previous chancellor, uh, but he kind of effed shit up for us, so please do better. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's the best chancellor they've had in quite some time. I'm going to just go out there and say that. Yeah. So then... Hera gets Appar- in a little bit of a what? Sorry, what? just a really what? fun thing here. Apparently, this the the senator who objects in this scene, Zeno or Zona or whatever. Yeah. Apparently, he's his son plays a big role in the, uh, which what's the show called? Um, it's the like the weird animated one, kind of like few. Um, Is this a Star Wars thing? Animated. Star Wars Resistance. There's a Star Wars show called Resistance. Uh, Resistance. That takes place during or before the... Just before Force Awakens. Yeah. And I guess like one of the main characters is his son. His son. Oh, cool. And and we kind of get a vibe for it in this scene, but like he's he's kind of sympathetic to the Empire. A little bit, yeah. And so, yeah, basically... um, Basically, Hera and this guy get in kind of a pissing match where yeah. even like she basically because she wants she lays it out for them. And he's like, well, is this actually about Thrawn or is this just you? Like, let's be honest, you're just saying it's about Thrawn so that you can continue this witch hunt or this wild goose chase to try to find your friend. And right ultimately lover Ezra she doesn't love Ezra (laughs) well everybody loves Ezra her her actual lover husband was Ezra's a master yes right but then he got blinded and he's dead so obviously you move on to the next in line right (laughs) that's why she wants him back she's eyeing him up right Um, that's that's what's happening here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so um no i'm yeah but um she yeah. wants him back and she does yeah. want him back yeah, and she does believe he's out there um but i do because it's hera like i do also believe that she's willing to put that aside like i don't think this these aren't manipulation tactics to expend resources to go find ezra this is she is genuinely concerned about the thrawn threat um yeah. But this guy gets in a little pissing match with her and, and calls her out for, like, tries to call a bluff. And um, 
And she fires back and basically says, hey, so like, uh, were you ever in the war or did you just kind of sit back and wait to see how things shook out? Um, and, and Mothma's like, she stays quiet. She kind of like has this look on her face yeah. where she's like, that's not appropriate. I don't know what to say, but also, oh shit. I'll allow it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Like. You know, and so so that's kind of fun. But ultimately, they the council says no to her, right? They ultimately we find out in sort of a follow up shot that um, that it's a no go. That they they don't believe, or you know, I don't know if they need. I don't know how it works. I don't know if they need like a unanimous vote. And this one guy screwed it up for everyone. Um, who knows? But basically, they're like, hey, can we have some time to talk about this? And Hera's like, uh, sure. And then we find out, yeah, it's, it's, it's a no-go. It's not going to happen for you. Then we end up back with Ahsoka and Sabine. And they're having a little chit-chat over what I can only assume is blue milk. And Sabine is clearly frustrated and Ahsoka basically just says you have to start small and demonstrates her own force powers by moving the cup across the table and kind of encourages, says, you know, like, I'm going to leave you here. Do this. I believe in you. You can do this. Um, and I Sabine looks at it like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try. Um, Ahsoka then goes back up to the cockpit and meets up with, um, Huyang and they're basically just like, Hey, you got an update on Hera and Huyang's like, no, I don't. And then they start having a conversation sort of like a, a, a small conversation, but I think it's an important one, um, between Ahsoka and Huyang about Sabine, right? So who Yang's asking like, so what do you, like what is your appraisal of Sabine's progress? And Ahsoka admits that Sabine is frustrated and feeling discouraged, and kind of calls out Hu Yang and is like, you know, what you said to her didn't help. <clears throat> and Hu Yang being a droid and not being able to sort of connect with that like empathy side, he was like, I spoke the truth. Like, what do you mean? I, you know, what I said was, was accurate. Um, and I, I don't know. I think this is just, I think this is an important conversation because it shows Ahsoka's, I don't want to say humanity. It shows her compassion for Sabine and that she is committed to, like, she cares she's now committed to the the training of and the caretaking of Sabine. And I think it also could serve as sort of the linchpin for some character development, character development, <laughs> uh, character <laughs> development and humanizing of Hu Yang, right? Where he'll realize... Yeah. I need to sometimes take into consideration or run the calculations or however that works on 
how what I say affects people. You know? Yeah. He could, yeah, there, there could be, you could also interpret it as him. Like he, this isn't the first Jedi he's trained and as much of a Jedi as Sabine could be called or attributed to that title. Mm -hmm. Um, But so he's probably, you know, he has seen lots of Jedi come up and, and die and, and succeed and fail. And he knows it's a difficult path that way. Yeah. And so he's being harsh, but I, it's kind of, I would attribute that to more like, a tough love. Like he's not going to sugarcoat it because he knows what's ahead. Oh, for sure. So then he, he kind of remarks that what, like, you know, that she, they kind of have this conversation about how this isn't, she's not your garden variety Jedi. Like she's not, she doesn't have, this isn't being done the way that the Jedi Council would have done it. This isn't being done the way that it would have been done back in the Jedi Temple. And Ahsoka kind of takes a shot at that and goes, well, right. And how did that all work out for th- for them, right? Like, the Jedi method that has been proven over a millennia didn't save any of them. And Hu Yang kind of, I don't think he means this as a shot, but he says, well, I suppose you do come from a long line of not non-traditional Jedi. And this, like, Ahsoka doesn't respond to this, but it, it definitely, like, I don't know, it sort of sticks with her. Like, she has a face of, like, I don't know, she's thinking, <clears throat> it, it gets to yeah. her. And I want to find out what you think about who is this, like, because as soon as he said the long line of Jedi, I'm like, who, who all are we referring to here? Because, so Ahsoka's master was Anakin. And I think you could easily define Anakin as a non-traditional Jedi, for sure, by means of the fact that A, he was conceived by the Force, well, and just B- his actions and mannerisms yeah, in general. Yeah, B, his actions and mannerisms. C, the fact that he becomes one of the greatest and most oppressive Sith Lords that the galaxy has seen in a very, very long time. But then, so then who who else are we referring to here? Like, oh, so then are we going Anakin's master? Like, is, yeah, is I, that the, because a long line be implies my, more than just you and your master. It would, yeah. I would say that the lineage that they're refer he's referring to is like lineages of masters to apprentices, right? Because right? So Qui Gon is certainly non traditional. Qui Gon was very non traditional, and then Obi-Wan his master was Yoda. No, Qui Gon's no. master was Count Dooku, right? Who was also yeah. very non traditional. Was Yoda. Yeah. And Dooku's was Yoda, uh, and Yoda's as traditional Jedi as it comes. Well, uh, he he is, but he, he's by he, the book. Like, he's by the book, but he 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 plays within the lines of the book that's been written, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, like he he messes around like the way, he, like he's playful in it, right? Like when he's yeah. teaching the younglings in Episode Two, and um, uh, but and then 
Ob- I would say Obi-Wan out of – if you go back to just as far as Yoda, if you don't go back any further, I'd say Obi-Wan is probably more traditional than Yoda even. I, I think in that in that lineage, if we're ending it at Yoda, I think that Obi-Wan is the most traditional Jedi. He yeah. is the quiet, inquisitive, patience – Follow the rules. Follow the rules. Let's think this through, kind of. But also also has a knack for getting in trouble and having some fun. Right? Uh, Yeah, but... Right, like Like when they... In Attack of the Clones, when they arrive at that that bar, that nightclub on Coruscant, and and he gives Anakin instructions on where to go to look for the the changeling. And he says... Anakin says, where are you going, Master? And Obi-Wan says, to have a drink. <laughs> right? Like, he's also he's also got his own sort of flavor yeah. of whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, he is the most sort of wise and let's take the... He, he believes in the Jedi religion, I think, more than... Yeah, the, co- the code and... Yeah, the sort of that era of Jedi's way of doing things. He would never. He would never have instructed Luke to destroy the ancient Jedi texts the same way that Yoda did. No. Yeah, he. I would say hmm, there's the the. Oh man, I just had the thought and it disappeared. Um, there is some, yeah, there it is. Okay, I got it back. Where he he kind of becomes lenient to the code is when it applies to Anakin. He breaks because just about every he, rule for Anakin. He knows what's going on with Anakin, with with that kind of um, with Padme and stuff like that. He knows it's against the rules. He, you know, and it's alluded oh, and, to, and obviously he knew. Yeah. And it's alluded to in the in the Clone Wars that him and I can't remember her name, but at the time during the, the episode in the Clone Wars TV show, I was the, just about to bring this up. Satine, the, Satine Ren. Yeah, he was, was re- he Ren? was ready. Yeah, Crees, uh, Satine Crees. Yes. He was ready to walk Leave away the from the Jedi him. Order. So so yeah. he's he he understands love. He ne- he doesn't. Because she doesn't, and she doesn't say the word, uh, but he's ready to. And I think because he he understands that love is another reason he's probably le- lenient when it comes to Anakin and and his kind of breaking the rules that way. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, and also so, that love spawned the child that would ultimately save the galaxy. So yeah. You that know, being important. all that being said, uh, that's what I think the uh, um, our droid friend here, uh, Haiga Hu Yang, Hu Yang uh, is referring to. Uh, but I don't think I think Ahsoka is just dwelling on Anakin in that moment. Anakin, oh for sure. Uh, so then we we cut back to Sabine, who's still trying to move that damn cup. Um, but she gets interrupted by, um, like a telecom message saying, Hey, come on up to the cockpit. And Sabine throws like a fun little quirky line at the cop saying, 
you win this round, <laughs> which I thought was fun. Um, I still like Sabine's character. It just seems to have changed a lot. That seems like she's really a, fun. She's because- a far cry from that girl that was like racing out of the city on her speeder, breaking all the rules. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like she 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 was that girl, but I think she was yearning for that kind of that that master relationship, some structure, structure that she's she's got fallen back into now. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So they that, that, they that scene's cool though. I didn't I didn't realize this till I watched a breakdown, but the the structured the way they structured that where she's like. It's kind of a back and forth. Like the cup is a character in this scene because they keep they, they keep cutting to a to Sabine and then they cut to the cup and back and forth. Yeah. And to then like when she says, shot of the "You cup. won this ro- round," before instead of cutting directly to the cockpit where the next scene takes place, cuts back to they the quickly cup. cut back to the cup and they stay on it for a second. <laughs> like the cup is like smirking or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was really well done. Um, so then Sabine goes up to the cockpit where there's they're having a hologram communication with Hera and Hera is basically saying, guys, it doesn't look like I'm I'm not coming. This is where we yeah. find out that the council has shot it down. Sabine kind of, she doesn't say this, but it kind of seems like Sabine's reaction is like the count, like why does that even matter? <laughs> like why, yeah. why are we letting that, getting our it's, way here it's fu- it it this is really cool because it it kind of sets up the disney uh, prequel sequels really well because we jump into the sequels and now there's this first order the empire has somehow survived and we have no idea how or why right really and this kind of sets that up nicely because the bureaucracy that caused the fall of the the uh, the Senate yeah. and the rise of the Empire is the same bureaucracy that's causing what's happening to happen. It still exists. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then they they this call gets cut short because they arrive in the Dinab system and their communications are getting jammed, and so Ahsoka. Um, instructs Hu Yang to drop out of hyperspace a little early um, and has explained that that is sort of standard Jedi protocol, that when something could be up, we approach from a distance to sort of avoid, I don't know, detection, which makes sense. Um, and they say there's something, there's something on the scanners. We don't quite know what it is yet. We got to get a little closer to figure it out in the process of doing so. We have a couple of squads of enemy fighters that show up. Um, Shin is piloting one of these fighters. It looks like maybe some sort of inquisitor is piloting another and then the same guy from the last episode. Yeah. And and then uh, a droid. Droids are are kind of piloting the other ones. It looks like, um, and so we have a fun little dogfight, and this is an important scene because, so Sabine goes and she gets in the rear cannon and is shooting at them and missing, 
and makes a comment about how Ahsoka has erased Sabine's presets in the canon. And Ahsoka kind of fires back and was like, well, I didn't need them. And <laughs> so there's a little bit of tension there. Um, and then ultimately what ends up, and, and they're not doing well. They're not doing well in this fight. And then ultimately what ends up happening is Hu Yang says something to Ahsoka and Ahsoka realizes that they're not, the reason why this isn't working is because they're not working together. If they're at odds with each other or even squabbling a little bit, it doesn't benefit either of them. Yeah. And so she gets back on the comms and she says, Sabine, tell me, tell me what you need. Yeah, and I think there's also like she's expe- she's kind of it seems like she's treating her like a Jedi would a master would treat a paddle like you should just use the force just use the force yes. just use the force like I didn't need them you don't need them like just use the force <laughs> yes but yeah yeah but yeah. yeah like and then yeah they, she she makes that realization like you're saying and then she starts she starts reacting to what. Sabine needs instead of making Sabine react to the situation. Yeah. So instead of, hey, live up to my standards, it becomes, let me meet you where you're at. Yeah. Right. And let's work together and figure this out. And so as they're approaching this big sort of space ring looking thing, but they're still not entirely sure what it is. And Hu Yang's still running scans on it um but needs them to get closer and there's some pretty big proton cannons on on this big space ring and so that becomes problematic as they're approaching they have deflectors on but the deflectors are depleting quickly i think we get down to like 10 percent um and it is discovered sort of just at the very last second that this is a massive hyperdrive and like hyperspace engine ring, whatever they yeah. call it. Right. We've seen it's, these before, right? Like the little yeah, when, something similar. When the yeah. when the Jedi fighters from the prequel for the Clone Wars era, they don't have built in hyperspace or hyperdrive. And so they kind of lock into these hyperdrive engines. Rings, yeah. Yeah. That allow them to make the jump. Yeah, um, and, and so this is clearly identical. This looks almost identical, just a thousand times larger, and is clearly meant for sending something pretty big through hyperspace. So, um, in one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen, so they get shot, they get busted up, kind of, kind of bad. The ship's in trouble, and in one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen, Ahsoka actually exits the ship puts on like a an oxygen thing it is clearly either using some sort of cool space technology and or simply just the force in order to hold herself onto the ship so that she doesn't you know float away into space and starts taking down the remaining fighters with her lightsabers yeah and this is so freaking cool it's cool i as cool as it is, and and this doesn't, it didn't detract from my immersion, but like looking back on it and like kind of rewatching 
it now as we talk. It's absurd. <laughs> like, have you ever watched uh, a breakdown of the episode one lightsaber duels? Yes. Where where like where they break like they tear into it as in like this is bad. <laughs> oh no. No. Okay. I've only seen one that that's really done it with any uh, kind of done it really well. And I don't know who did it or where watched on YouTube somewhere. I'm sure you, somebody can find it if they really looked, (laughs) but like there's a, if you watch the lightsaber duels, especially like even the duel of fate is the most obvious for it. If you go back and watch the duel of fate, and you kind of watch it slow and it's like a slow, slowed down. The majority, the vast majority of the attacks on each other, uh, the, the attacks from the Jedi on Maul and Maul on the Jedi are, are not dangerous whatsoever, but still being blocked. So like Qui-Gon right. swings well above uh, Darth Maul's head and Darth Maul blocks it. Uh, they swing at his feet, but not close enough for it to do any uh, damage, even if he didn't block it. They, you know what I mean? Like, So like most of the attacks aren't even at the individual's body, but it's just ha- but they do it so fast and it's so fun to watch that you don't notice it really unless you slow it down and watch it well i mean that's just filmmaking yeah (laughs) right well well, yes but like at the same time you fast forward even just a couple movies and the the like uh the a lot of the i think they don't commit a lot of the same sin in the obi-wan anakin fight at the end of episode right. three uh it doesn't happen hardly at all in the original trilogy because they're using more traditional sword fighting techniques they haven't really developed this lightsaber style quite as much right but, um <clears throat> so it's just kind of it's just kind of little sin that doesn't it doesn't really detract for the movie when you're watching it but when you if you watch back slow you're like oh that's ridiculous anyway this kind of feels like that watching it back because they're in starfighters. Why are they getting that close? And two, why don't they attack the side of the ship? She's not like they keep strafing the, this Jedi cruiser that Ahsoka's standing on, but they keep strafing and attacking it exactly where like, why are you attacking her attack the ship? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why are you poo-pooing on on this scene? This scene's so I just, good. I just think it's funny. <laughs> I don't, I doesn't it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know what this scene did for me? It but bridged it was fun. the gap. Which it bridged gap? the gap. It bridged the gap where I was like, you know what? Doing something as seemingly reckless and rambunctious and dangerous and and crazy and wild as I'm going to go out on the ship and take these things down with my lights. I'm just going to go do this. Felt like Ahsoka. It mm. felt like Snips. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like something that she would have done. It felt like something she would have done that Anakin would have been like, Snips, like, 
What are you Maybe doing? Tried to stop or, or reluctantly went along with, and everyone would have been against it, but then she would have done it and she would have saved the day, yeah. and that would have been the whole so, point of the Clone Wars episode. Yeah. It felt like Clone Wars Ahsoka. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and I'm not like, <laughs> I'm just saying it didn't take me out of, of the, the, the show while I was watching it. I was it continually immersed, I enjoyed the scene. I, I'm not, I don't hate the scene after realizing this, but I just kind of like watching it back kind of frame by frame. I got Disney plus up kind of scrolling through it uh, as the movies pause and we talk about the scenes. But it's just, it just seems like, why are they attacking Ahsoka? That's a huge ship. Just blow the ship up. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it doesn't, I, I agree with you. It's, it's a totally, uh, what kind of like Ahsoka, Anakin trained Ahsoka to do think flexibly and sometimes crazy works. And yeah. It, it's a fun, fun part of this dog fight for yeah. sure. But then she gets um, back in the ship. She gets back barely. in the ship <laughs> and um, the ship seems relatively functional now, functional enough to be able to get the hell out of there. And Maybe the hell out of there means down on the planet. But before we reach the surface of the planet, we get the hyperspace whales. Yes. I don't know. I'm still not. I, yep. I'm not sold on them yet. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just, they feel like, they just feel, in some ways, they just feel like another midi-chlorians to me. Like, it just feels like tacking... <laughs> Excuse me. Just feels like tacking something onto the lore of the force and hyperspace and whatever that I don't yeah. necessarily need to be there. I would say this is because you haven't watched Rebels. <laughs> and maybe. Like in maybe. Rebels, they're introduced as like this they're just they're just a creature that lives in space that that is a nuisance. Yeah. But, well, but then you learn in through a couple episodes, we learn, or it might be just this. Yeah. It was just the, really the kind of one or two episodes you learn a little bit more about them. And it's not till like later on that we learn that these Purgle are, are how, how they kind of space travel. And it doesn't feel like that for me having watched rebels. Right. And yeah. I, th I would, I would like, I kind of get what you're saying. It feels pretty tacked in there. Uh, but like, I think when we watch like a TV show, like rebels or clone wars, we're, we're, we'll suspend our disbelief a little bit more. Yeah, we're more open it's to animated. Yeah. We're more open to like the absurd, right? Like clone wars had quite a bit of absurdity into it, in it when it comes to characters like do you remember the the big kind of kaiju monster from oh yeah for sure well and the, like, it 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 also goes back to her being outside on the ship right yeah if something like that you would not question in a clone wars episode yeah. why the ships are flying that close and why she's able to do it it would just be badass and cool mm -hmm. so yeah I, I but i think because i've already accepted it in that way it's not it doesn't Right. This no is a part of the it. lore to you now. Yeah. Um, so they, they land, they they skirt all these giant space whales. The Purgles? Lose their is that Purgles, yeah. Purgles. They um, lose their pursuers. 
Yep, and um, they they're hiding out in a beautiful looking forest, like a pinky red, just beautiful forest, and um, and then Balin it gets on the comms with Shin and is asking like, have do you have them? Are they dead? Like what's? Hang on, hang on, hang on. We got back up because we missed this awesome moment with you, Yang. Uh, with the space whale conversation. He cycles back up and he's like, I just got to read the subtitles. <laughs> it took my battery a while to cycle up, I suppose. What happened? <laughs> oh, yeah. Ahsoka's like, oh, we almost died. And Sabine's like, multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Hu Yang goes, oh, yes, standard operating procedure. <laughs> <laughs> He is one of the best parts of this show. Um, oh, man. So, yeah, so then they have a little conversation about the space whales and Hu Yang's telling them about the lore and they're like, oh, like, we just saw some of those. And Hu Yang's like, what? <laughs> like, he almost seems disappointed. Like, that's a sight he would have wanted to see, right? Yeah. Like, something he's never seen, but would have wanted to. Um, then, yeah, Balin's talking to Shin, basically, hey, where are they? And um, she says, we don't know for sure, but they've taken refuge in a forest and the whole plan becomes, all right, well, let's hunt them down. They're only like 12 clicks out and uh, let's uh, let's go kill them and put a, put a stop to this. End scene. Mm-hmm. So, Carl, is episode three, Time to Fly, of Ahsoka, a win or a fail for you? It was a definite win. This show is not letting up. It's great. Yeah. I can't. I can't fault this. Like, <laughs> I mean, I I did poo-poo a little bit on that one scene, but I'm not holding this show that 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 against it. Like, we've already taught, said, like, that just feels like something Ahsoka would do. It it feels Star Wars-y. It doesn't make a lot of sense on the part of the uh, people attacking in the ships, but I mean, I've already suspended my disbelief. I don't care. <laughs> right. Right, she, right. She's got a laser sword. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? They're in space. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. Oh yeah. Are, what about are you, you going to ask? Do you even care? <laughs> yeah. Like what's No, I don't really. Not really. Uh, Nobody cares. I I would say that I think this is the weakest episode so far, but <clears throat> still a total win. And I think when I say weak, I don't mean like bad. I just mean okay, we're through we're in the stage where we're so this is the halfway point. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of between the epic opening and the big finale. And so now we're just kind of putting in mileage to get to where we need to go. Um, and some great stuff is happening along the way. Um, but it's just not as big and epic as as it was when we started and, and hopefully not as big and epic as it will be when we kind of conclude. But it, I've got nothing bad to say about this episode, like at all. I, I still mm-hmm. love it. I think it's fantastic. So, yeah, I'm super, super on board still. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Thank you for listening. 
Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or X, I guess, all listed down below. Check out our Patreon page for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show, helps us pay the bills. It's not not free. It's not free rent to your renting, running a podcast. Um, <laughs> we're renting something? What are we renting? We're, rent- we're renting this podcast. It's not ours. We got to return it. It's late fees and stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, so as little as a dollar a month is a big help. And uh, you also get some fun rewards in return. And we have a store with merchandise you can get in it. Buttons. You can get buttons. We have buttons. You, pu- you, you pulled up Five the store, packs. didn't you? Five, Five buttons. Five buttons yeah. for ten ninety nine people. For when that's a, for when that's a good for, deal. You could put buttons on anything. For when four buttons just won't do it. Yeah. You could put buttons on almost you could put buttons on your fingertip. Remember how you when you're a kid you always push a button pin like through your finger and make it dangle like it was magic? You could do right. that with all five of your fingers if you buy these buttons. <laughs> when I was a kid, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> never never as an adult like yesterday. Okay, well, <laughs> join us for our next Ahsoka review, part four, Fallen Jedi. And until then, Carl, say something. Don't stand on the outside of the ship. Keep all hands, arms, legs, and body parts inside, people. You're not a Jedi. Jedi.